0: All right, Frozen Chosen, I'm going off Bulletin here. It's going to be all right. I'm going to add a scripture lesson in this morning. If you would like to follow along, it's going to be on page 8 in the Pew Bible. We're still going to read the passage in John, so you can keep your finger there. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 12 before I read John chapter 3. And if you're visiting with us, I don't want to catch you off guard. When I finish reading the Genesis passage, I'm going to say, This is the word of the Lord. And if you want to celebrate God's word with us, you can say thanks be to God. When I read the John passage, I'm still going to use the words that are in your bulletin, okay? All right. Now that we've got that housekeeping all over, let's go to God in prayer. Holy God, we come to you today with our biggest questions. Who are we called to be? What do you need from us? Where are you in our midst? As we read your word today, we ask that you would weave answers into this sacred text. Speak to us from these stories, ancient as they may be, that we might find what we are seeking in you. With gratitude and open hearts, we pray. Amen. From Genesis 12 verses 1 through 4. Now the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our gospel lesson comes from John chapter 3. Familiar words. May we listen again. Verses 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one else can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In this Lenten season, we're focusing on questions. The questions we have for God. The questions of our faith. As we seek to know God more fully. On Ash Wednesday, if you were with us, you'll remember that we asked you to write your questions on a strip of fabric. Each week during the call to worship, we'll be weaving those questions as they're read to us into the cross as a way of offering them to God. And as we mark our time moving towards Easter, we'll extinguish a candle each week as a sign of drawing closer to the resurrection. This morning, our gospel lesson shares a powerful story of one who was seeking and brought their questions to Jesus. The scripture tells us that Nicodemus was a religious leader. He was part of the upper class in Jewish society, probably a Pharisee. As one who had been set apart as a leader, he comes to Jesus at night with a question. Scripture doesn't tell us why he came at night, and so we have to do a little imagining. Perhaps Nicodemus was worried about how the other Pharisees would view his faith because he was asking questions. Maybe he was worried about being associated with Jesus. Possibly His questions were so burning that he felt they could not wait until morning. Whatever his reason, Nicodemus brings his questions to Jesus. And I think there's value in us pausing here for just a moment. When I was growing up, I was a pretty curious child. I asked a lot of questions Why being one of my favorite now as a mother I can understand how annoying that might have felt when you feel like you've answered a million questions and you get that but why my mom was usually a very patient woman but when it had gotten to be a little too much I would often get trinity that's enough. I think somewhere along the way, many of us imagine God saying, My child, that's enough. We've been taught that to question God is somehow disrespectful. Instead of imagining God welcoming us like Christ welcomed Nicodemus. You may have been told explicitly growing up that you shouldn't ask questions of God or that to have faith meant that you didn't have questions. I think we've lost an important part of the Jewish tradition. You see, in Judaism, it is taught that questioning God isn't disrespectful. It's expected. It's a natural byproduct of being part Of the people of God. I believe that just as Job questioned God and just as Jesus received Nicodemus and his questions, God is more than willing to hear the cries of our heart. I don't think God is bothered by our questions. I think to come seeking honors God. So Jesus does receive Nicodemus in his seeking. But his response leaves Nicodemus a bit confused. I can hear him now. I was asking about Jesus' power, how he does these signs, and he started talking about birth. Nicodemus took Christ literally when he spoke of a birth from above. Or as some translations say it, being born anew. Baffled, he follows up by asking, how can these things be? Nicodemus cannot comprehend this call for rebirth, for being born again, that Jesus is speaking into being. Jesus is offering him a new beginning. I know I've shared with you before that I love musicals, and one of the first musicals I remember viewing was The Sound of Music. When Maria, the sweet nun, turns governess, meets the children, it is clear that they are skeptical of yet another person coming to care for them. On top of the repeated transitions that they seem to have endured, they also are keenly aware that Maria is young and seemingly unexperienced. The children are primed to give her a run for her money. But Maria does what she knows best. She sings. Taking the children on a picnic on a delightful mountainside, Maria picks up her guitar and sings. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Immediately, she engages the children. She continues, when you read, you begin with, and one of the little girls pops up, ABC. When you sing, you begin with, do me. And just like that, they're captured. Jesus takes a bit of a Maria approach to Nicodemus. When he does not understand what it means to be born again, Jesus starts at the beginning. Some might call this the rock star of Bible verses. I'm sure you know well where Jesus begins. It's John 3:16. For God for God so loved the world. This is where it begins. The entire premise of our whole story, God's love for the world, to begin anew, to be born again, to have a fresh start, has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. Nicodemus is told of God's love for the world, and we see it and experience it Because God loved us enough to take on flesh and come down to us in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You see, it's not our job to earn it. It's our job to believe it and to live into it. So that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life, to live into it here and now. You see, eternal life starts here and now. God's love wasn't given to us so that it can be used as some sort of future credit. God's love for the world was given so that we could have life and have it abundantly and share it with others so that they too would know God's love for the world. We are called to begin anew, to be reborn because of God's love, and to go live it out. John Buchanan was a longtime pastor of Fourth Presbyterian Church in Chicago. And when he retired after 26 years of service to that particular congregation, he shared a story of one of the most meaningful baptisms he ever took part in. On a Sunday, John was baptizing a two-year-old little boy. And after the child had been baptized with water, John was following the directions from the Presbyterian Book of Common Worship. He put his hand on the little boy's head, addressed him, saying, You are a child of God, sealed by the Spirit in your baptism. You belong to Jesus Christ forever. That's when the little boy looked up at him and responded, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. While it was an amusing moment and the people in the congregation smiled and probably chuckled like we just did, Buchanan reflected there was also an appropriate response and a stunning theological affirmation. That innocent response was like a moment of clarity Uh uh-oh was a recognition that everything had changed and this boy would never be the same he did not belong anymore to just his immediate family he was born all over again this time into God's great family Now he would be called to live out that love in a world in the way of self-giving and love that goes among the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was being called in his baptism to live different, to live God's way, a way that sometimes is met with rejection and scorn. No wonder, he said, "Uh uh-oh, Life would never be the same. God's love for us is amazing good news. But sometimes when we realize what it means for us to live into that great story, we might feel a little bit like saying, "Uh uh-oh. I probably would have wanted to say, "Uh uh-oh, if I was Abram and Sarai. You see, They were 75 years old when God called them to leave behind the familiar and begin again. To follow God's call, they would have to leave behind their family, their home, and the land they knew. This new beginning wasn't just for them, though. God's call was for them to go And the promise was not only for a new family and a new nation, but to be a blessing for others. For God so loved the world. This new beginning from Abram and Sarai allowed for many to experience God's love and blessing. But they had to respond. They had to begin again. At 75 years old. Friends, we are never too old, and for that matter, never too young, to say yes to the call of God. What must we do to begin again? Hear the good news and believe it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That any who believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God's love is for you and for this world. Christ came to show us how much God loved us. Knowing this, we say yes when God calls us to step out in faith. We say yes to new beginnings. Even if we also say, "Uh uh-oh, and in doing so, perhaps we too can be a part of God's blessing to others, helping them know that God's love is for them too. To the glory of God, amen.